Welcome to the Faithful Fathering Podcast. Thank you for joining us. And uh, this is Rick Wirtz, founder and president of Faithful Fathering, where the mission is to encourage and equip dads to be faithful fathers. That's a dad that prioritizes physical presence, is engaged emotionally, and leads spiritually by example, reflecting the triune nature of our God in the home. Uh, This podcast series is looking at uh, kids and the Lenten season. For those of y'all that aren't from a a Catholic background or Methodist or along those lines, Lent is uh, the 40 days leading up to the most uh, important day in our Christian faith, which of course is Easter. Uh, Specifically, it's the 40 days leading up to Jesus' crucifixion. And it's a wonderful time for dads to really focus focus in on helping their children know Christ to a new level. Uh, so we're going to talk about that, uh, talk about Jesus and his life uh, through his parables, through his miracles, and finally through his obedience, uh, obedience even to the point of death, even death on a cross. But uh, before I introduce our guests, I'd like to uh, remind you that uh, to visit our website, faithfulfathering.org, where uh, we, uh, you can access our vlogs, our, our blogs, uh, everything that actually complements uh, this whole podcast effort. And I uh, want you to uh, know that uh, we, you can click on the For Dads button to get a lot of information to our studies and other opportunities out there. Uh, but I, as always, this will be a very practical discussion, to, and I, that I pray blesses you on your journey as the man, husband, and father you're called to be. Uh, in the studio with us today is uh, James Crump. Uh, James is the executive pastor of Risen Nation. Uh, he's also a uh, husband and father and a, a man, as you can see. Since we're old school, we can say that. Isn't it? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I welcome you, and it's a blessing to have you here, James. Awesome. Thank you, uh, Rick, for the opportunity. I try to familiarize myself with what you guys do in the last few days, so it's a blessing to be here and uh, to be a part of helping men. Because we all need it. <laughs> we all, indeed, we do, don't we? We, uh, the world can be the world against us. But tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, about your marriage and family. Absolutely. Well, I, I've been married for 28 years to my wife Tara, and uh, we had a very, very similar upbringing. Both grew up in the Nazarene Church. Both of our parents were pastors. Both of our mothers were nurses. And the biggest irony is I went to high school in Baton Rouge at Terra High School, <laughs> literally my <laughs> wife's name. Uh, so we just had a lot of common ground. Uh, it made, uh, I think it made for a good start to our marriage. There was a lot of peace in the home right off the bat because there's so much commonality. Uh, we waited about five years to have children. And then uh, we have two daughters, one now that's 23 and one that's 18. Uh, Literally finishing college and starting college. Good timing. Yeah, it, it is. And <laughs> one so tough life's year. full. <laughs> one tough year, but after that. Right, good. exactly. <laughs> it's really good. So. Fantastic. Now, did, are you a native of Louisiana? Or did yes. you with the pastors? Did they move around a little bit, or were they pretty well stationary? My dad moved um, between Mississippi and Louisiana quite often uh, during my older brother and sister's lifetime. But when I came along, uh, they only moved one time. So we stayed in Louisiana for about 17 of my 18 years there. So. Fantastic. Yeah, so that's very stable. That's pretty stable. That was yeah, that's good. Yeah. Now, now I, I know there's some uh, analogies. You know, pastors seem to be so busy in the church, sometimes they aren't able to invest in their own kids. Uh, how, what was your experience? Were you, were you close to your dad? Do you have a good father-son relationship? Or? Absolutely. Um, my dad uh, passed away in 2014. I'm sorry. And... Uh, 
some of that may weave into our conversation, but mm-hmm. it was um, it was a trying time for me. I had a I had a very good father. Um, the unique thing about dad was his dad died when he was six years old. So he actually never had a dad growing up. Mm-hmm. So he didn't know what he was doing, right? He had no role model, no one to help. There's a lot of that going on. Absolutely. And and then to make matters worse, when the Lord called him to the ministry, he he ran. He did a you know little Jonah thing mm-hmm. and uh, wound up in the military for four years and didn't like it. Uh, but that between the military and not having an example, he was a very strict dad. Sure. sure. Uh, lots of uh, perfectionism. Uh, but he loved us. He provided for us. He prayed for us. He modeled Christ for us. And so my experience with my dad was fantastic. Uh, you know, I miss him greatly still today. Absolutely. Our, yeah. As you know, our dads did the best they could do with the cards right. they were dealt. That's and, right. Uh, yeah. All we could do is appreciate them for what they did and right. turn to our Heavenly Father to help fill the gaps. Absolutely. But that's that's really the topic here is I, I really want to charge dads to, you know, I, I read a survey by George Barna years ago of the book, his book, which I highly recommend is called Revolutionary Parenting. Hmm. And But he states in there that less than one in 10 families that attend church every week have any spiritual discussion between mm-hmm. Sundays. Wow. And I, I feel like, you know, too often dads abdicate everything. Uh, well, actually, we abdicate everything sexual to the schools and everything spiritual to the churches. Sure. And, uh, of course, right here, I just would like to talk about the spiritual side and, mm-hmm. and, and specifically how we can help our children really get to know Jesus. Yes. Uh, how, how did you build on your father's example to invest in your girls? Well, um, when they were little, I think we were kind of go with the flow people. Mm-hmm. We, we hit things that were currently going on in their lives and tried to build conversation around that. So whether it was coloring or artwork or you know prayer time at night, uh, one thing that my father instilled in us, and my brother even says this to this day, he's, he's 10 years older than me, is the thing that we miss most about our dad is his prayers. Mm. And when he went home to be with the Lord, we both felt the void. And so I've tried to fill that void for my, my girls um, to be uh, praying for them, to be praying in front of them, to be modeling that aspect. That's something my dad handed to me. And then also understanding that he had a perfectionist side. I've tried really hard to not demand or expect too much from my girls. Uh, and that's a journey because when you're raised that way, it's, it's uh, kind of normal. Uh, so that would be right off the bat, I'd say my dad's prayer life and the mm-hmm. way he modeled reading the scripture mm-hmm. uh, was something that I was able to translate into being a father. Fantastic. Well, that, that's what I found as well, that uh, that prayer life, you know, Jesus spent a lot of time. That's why I love the Gospel of John. Jesus spent a lot of time yes. talking about his dad, praying with his dad, hanging out with his dad. Right. And I think that's one of the biggest uh uh, assets we can take away and invest in our children is uh, that time in prayer. I, I always found it uh, good around Christmas time that you know you could you had something you could read Luke one and two to talk about the original story and the yes. virgin birth and all that stuff and and leading up to Easter now I think you know you have a chance to look at a little bit more at Jesus' life that right. the fact that uh, he was blessed by his father and yes. uh, the fact that he he lived that sinless life and mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and and obeyed. But his interaction with his disciples and and his life uh, in general that he he just uh, uh, exemplified that unconditional love, that prayer, that uh, uh, ability to. 
to uh, just hang out with his disciples and, right. and bring some words together. Is there anything about his life that uh, you really tried to uh, not only emulate but uh, talk about with your girls? Yeah, the conversations with my girls, again, I think they were really fluid, and we tried to seize moments mm. uh, that were teachable moments. Um, we also had some routine uh, that we instilled in their life. One of the most beautiful things was teaching my youngest daughter to pray the Lord's Prayer mm-hmm. uh, for about her first, I'd say maybe two or three years when she was really little. She had a lisp, mm-hmm. and at night when she would pray the Lord's Prayer, I can still hear it. Like it, It's a, such a cute thing. To, you know, Yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory. You know, it's like, it, I'll never forget that. You know, we shared those type of moments, but the life of Jesus obviously is is astounding there's there's never been anyone like him mm. we're we're still talking about him 2000 years later it's <laughs> it's amazing the only times i've really felt accomplished as a dad is if my girls felt like i represented jesus well mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um so i think you know the the things that you've mentioned um previously i was kind of looking through some of the show notes to say I love that example of the validation that the father gave the son. Mm. Um, you just mentioned that. I took that seriously with my girls, and I validated them to my very best ability without being pandering and making things up. Um, the father literally says out loud so that the disciples can hear at the transfiguration, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And it says, listen to him. Right. And so the validation that was going on there. I do believe that's something that we, my wife and I have really tried to emulate to our girls through the life of Jesus. Uh, But we also talked to our girls about the suffering side of Jesus, uh, the light and the dark, so to speak, of what he endured on the earth. And that his perfection was was a level that, as a dad, I'm not gonna attain. And I've reminded my girls, I'm trying really hard, Mm -hmm. but I'm not gonna be perfect. But, But you have a perfect example. Right. Well, in the light, of course, uh, the example you give, that transfiguration, was his blessing after baptism on steroids. Exactly. (laughs) Because now he's empowering him. And, of course, we know why. Because he's preparing him for his last leg of the ministry, right? right. Which which was certainly a... Uh, I know Peter was overwhelmed. He was ready to build the uh, you know, the <laughs> right. altar for all three of the guys, right, uh, Elijah, yeah. Moses, and Jesus. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and so he thought that they were going to get to stay on that mountaintop, right? Yeah. And, uh, but obviously they had come back down into that dark time, that, right. uh, which would be, of course, the Last Supper. Yes. would be uh, mm-hmm. uh, one of those things that we talk about with our kids. And, you know, that how, how would you, uh, you know, when he says, you know, this is my body and this is my blood, and do this in remembrance of me. Uh, how, uh, in, in, is your practice to do, is, is communion every Sunday in, in your church? Or do you no, do we, were, we were more of um, seasonal and mm-hmm. or maybe monthly right, uh, in, right. into that rhythm. I was thinking about this. My kids grew up in church their whole life, mm-hmm. you know, as did I. Like, they didn't have a choice. So, um, yeah, drug problem. Yeah, got drug <laughs> Every week, anytime the doors were open, all the time. Um, But what happened is, this is humorous to me, some people may think it's sacrilegious, but at the end of the service, when there was communion elements left over, my kids would snack on them. I mean, they'd be over there taking shots of grape juice and eating these little flimsy wafers. And, you know, sometimes they come up to work with me and they go in the kitchen and pull them out and start snacking on them. So the, the elements were very common to them. 
but uh, but they did grow to respect the symbolism. Mm-hmm. And of course, as they got older, my, my girls are older, things that we can teach them about the body of Christ has, I can't even tell you how meaningful it's been. Mm-hmm. My older daughter has suffered through being diagnosed with Crohn's at age 18. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's a, it's a difficult thing to deal with. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we can remind her that the body was broken for her. Mm-hmm. And we've done, I think we've done a good job with that over our, our parenting to where now that she's in that position, she has to remember that Jesus paid for this. Mm-hmm. Her faith and her hope have to remain in him regardless of how you feel. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think even further, the body shows us a picture of the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. Uh, literally, the church is the people that we interact with. It's a way to teach them that this is not a simple thing that we're doing as a transaction, but this is a community mm-hmm. all over the world celebrating the body and the blood. And of course, the blood of Jesus is, is the power that sets us free. Sure, sure, exactly. That's, yeah. a, that's a, He's the ultimate sacrifice. Right. And I think that's that's where you know that symbolism can't be lost. Uh, how many how many folks stopped following him when he was saying, yeah. that, you know, y- you you leave my body and drink my blood, and, <laughs> and they thought this is a cannibalism. Yeah, what are we, what are we spiritual at? cannibalism doesn't sound fun. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, uh, so, uh, but uh, but again, that the the uh, you know he always said at the end of everything, he says, those that have ears ears let them hear, and he right. knew that most of them were not going to hear yeah. what he was saying. But and and I think that's our challenge as dads too, isn't it? Is that are our kids able to hear what we're what we're saying? Yeah. And uh, so again, that, that symbolism in that dark time, and of course, then you uh, you lead into where Jesus was arrested. He was betrayed by by Judas, and that's another dark time uh, that I, I always mm-hmm. uh, reflect on, and and how we could, you know, you, you talk to your girls about how uh, how the evil uh, you know got hold of Judas, and yes. and that it can happen in, in life, can't it? Absolutely. I think we do a disservice to our children when we don't bring up the dark and the light. Mm-hmm. Uh, to see Jesus on the mountain of transfiguration is incredible. Mm-hmm. But we don't want to communicate to our kids that the Christian life is a mountaintop experience. Um, the Christian life is challenging. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's an invitation to die. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were very open with our kids in seasons of struggle. We protected them from things they didn't need to know, obvious. but. We, we didn't hide the fact that living this life that we choose to live is, is graceful. The Lord helps us, but it's difficult. Mm-hmm. You're going to have things you don't understand. Uh, you're going to have moments uh, like I referenced with my daughter's medical conditions. and um, There's just all types of situations. If you don't allow your kids to see that, then what they come away with is some kind of weird theology that, that we can literally name and claim anything and everything that we want. And, um, you know, I actually believe the gospel is the most prosperous message on the earth. I just mm-hmm. don't believe it was intended for us to create things out of our wants and our desires and make it weird. I do believe that our kids need to see us suffer. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the most powerful things I think I ever did was to cry in front of my girls. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I was hurting and when I was sure. in, uh, in grief or my own physical conditions. I've had uh, many uh, times over the year, I've had health issues. We've invited them into that journey and I don't look at them and go, oh, it's gonna be okay, bless God, you know, it's all good. I, I look at them and mm-hmm. go, dad's struggling. Right, right. Um, and that gives them a balance. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I try to keep that tempered uh, with my girls. I think 
if dads in general invite their kids to see both sides of the coin, they'll mature a little bit faster. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You said you lost your dad in 2014? Yes. So mm -hmm. eight years ago, your daughters were 10 and 12. Yes. When, uh, yeah. when, and is that when they saw you cry? Uh, many times. Well, they saw me cry before that uh, many times as well. But uh, that was probably the most monumental moment for our family is mm -hmm. they had to see me struggle with that. Um, unfortunately, I lost my mother three years after that. Mm. And uh, so in the last eight years, losing both of my parents has been, you know, a journey for me personally, but mm -hmm. it's also been a journey for my family, sure. for my girls. Mm -hmm. And experiencing grief in a younger uh, age frame is completely different than doing it at age 45, yeah. 40, sure. 45, you know, right, so, right. Uh, yeah. Well, that, uh, and I think that is important. I remember clearly uh, when I lost one of my father figures, my uncle, and my son was probably about 10 as well. Mm -hmm. And it was the first time he'd seen me cry. And yeah. I thought, that's probably not healthy. <laughs> right. that, that, that's not a good thing yeah. to always put up that front. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, of course, when you hit certain walls, uh, you can't hold it back. And yeah. uh, that, that's a pretty, uh, that's, a, that's a huge deal. Uh, of course, and I always, you know, you talked about affirming your daughter. One of the one of the beautiful things we get to enjoy in, in ministry is every retreat, every activity that I do. If it's a weekend retreat or a week in the mountains or whatever, we'll end by blessing our daughters or our sons. Mm -hmm. And and yeah. so often, uh, Dad can't make it through that, right? Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. And we, I've seen everything from a young man look up at his dad saying, you okay, Dad? Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. to, uh, wow. to uh, a amazing. young lady that uh, her dad couldn't make it through. And she just turned to him and says, you're going to be a mess at my wedding, aren't you? <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, yeah. Let's not talk about that right now either. <laughs> I might be a mess right here. <laughs> well, I think, well, but, you know, back to the, the reality of pain and, uh, you know, the darkest time, of course, on Jesus' journey, uh, short of the cross, is his time in Gethsemane and the, yeah. his praying to his father, you know, this, mm. uh, you know, uh, if this cup can be taken from me, take it from me. But if not, mm -hmm. uh, your will be done. And, and, he, and in the midst of that, there were three times he went back and, and prayed. And, and uh, But he'd always come back to his disciples and they'd be sleeping. And he made a comment in there that the flesh is weak. Yes. Right. And yes. I, I thought, you know, there's there's nothing in there. There are no words in Scripture that are just just for no purpose right, right. and I, I always yeah. think that uh this is a reminder that we are weak in the Absolutely. flesh and that we there's so much we can't begin to control whether it's evil attacking us or whatever the case may be we've got mm -hmm. to turn to the spirit That's how right. how did is that any uh how 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 did that discussion go with your daughters when talking about they're going to need power beyond themselves to stand against some things in this world you know i i feel like we are so under equipped to say things mm -hmm. to our kids. Mm -hmm. uh, and and we also undervalue showing them how mm -hmm. to do it. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I was struggled to find examples, but I, I do believe that part of it is just allowing suffering, pain, uh, the dark times, uh, the betrayals, the, uh, things that you mentioned like that. I think allowing them to engage with you on an appropriate level. Mm -hmm. Now, if it's an inappropriate level, then I'm actually going to breed contempt mm -hmm. in my daughters mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, for the church and for sure. you know, what, you know, being in a, being in the ministry all my life, I've seen some crazy church things and maybe the ones you went to, isn't it? <laughs> right. uh, no, we you know we we let them know this is right. a bunch of people 
who are fallen, who are broken, mm-hmm. um, like we are, who mm-hmm. are who are doing their very best. And um, so I think just inviting them into it. I, I I can't think of you know specific times, but I do know that we didn't paint a, a picture of everything's going to be perfect. Yeah. Now, one thing they did experience in our home, um, by the grace of God, my wife is as pleasant and peaceful as she can be. And she's modeled that in front of our kids very well. Mm. And they have taken on uh, her demeanor in a lot of those moments where they're hurting, but it's still not ignored. We mm-hmm. talk about it mm-hmm. and uh, we talk about it appropriately. Um, I, I don't know if that answers the question directly. I don't have a great example of how I talk to them about it, but having hard conversations around death, having hard conversations around health, hard conversations about where am I gonna go to college, how do I choose a career. Sure. Uh, all the way down to, you know, they're mm-hmm. in kindergarten and somebody called them a name because, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. she's the only one sure. wearing glasses in right, kindergarten, right, you know. Right. It's it's the cruelty of the world mm-hmm. where we grow. And uh, I believe we grow in the valley as much as, as any place. Sure. And, of course, Jesus let his disciples fail too, right? Yes. He didn't. He could have done a lot of things, keep them awake. Right. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but yeah. he let them uh, experience this and yeah. understand that, you know, the flesh is weak. Yeah. And, uh, and and that he, you know, through through uh, through his effort, he, he was going to continue the journey. Yeah. Uh, but that, uh, I think that's, you know, you, you talk about emulating. I think that's probably the most significant thing we do as parents, isn't it? Is that yes. in marriage, we're living out our relationship with Jesus the Christ yes. in the flesh. I mean, right. That's the closest we can come to it. So, right. you know, you're right. Kids catch what we've got. Uh, that's we just have to make sure what we've got is worth catching. Yeah. <laughs> right. And so right. the interaction in marriage is a is a huge example for yes. exactly because there are things that we can't handle in the flesh in marriage as well. But we yes. turn it over to God and uh, we yes. say we're going to do it best we can. And and I think any church or any dad or any mom that says we got it all together uh, is is cheating a child out right. of uh, or a congregation out of, uh, of the opportunity to see you know what what's really going on. Yeah. And I think uh, so. Anyway, that, that's where, where we're talking about Jesus' life. You know, we can, all the way from the virgin birth to all the way through uh, the Last Supper to, to uh, the, garden, the Gethsemane experience uh, from the transfiguration down to the valley of, uh, of uh, walking uh, to Golgotha. That, uh, yeah. it's, a, it's, a, it's quite a journey. Uh, do you have any other final tips for dads that are trying to uh, help their kids get to know Christ uh, yeah. just by seeing their... Uh, seeing Jesus' life and talking about Scripture. Are there any particular, is there a particular gospel or a particular uh, series of passages that you would uh, turn to? Yeah, I I think from an advice standpoint, um, the Scripture you just mentioned that the flesh is weak. Mm -hmm. Um, I think this is a moment where we could just tell dads, hey, chill out a little bit because you're not going to be perfect. Mm Mm-hmm. And in my journey, because I was raised in a perfectionist environment, I was always critical of Mm -hmm. what I didn't do. And I think we need to celebrate the fact that we do as dads get it right sometimes Mm -hmm. and then acknowledge that we get it wrong because the flesh is obviously still weak at moments. So I think that's a beautiful passage. Um, I also found, I don't know if you ever read like of Philip Keller, where he did the 23rd Psalm from a shepherd's point of view. Mm. These types of books were very formational and understanding of, of how to be a good leader. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the scripture is full of that, mm-hmm. but I also believe you have to have a good relationship to scripture. Mm-hmm. And, and what I mean by that is 
if you raise a child in the way that they should go when they're old, they will not depart in Proverbs. We lean on things like that constantly as, as husband and wife, we talk about those things. Mm-hmm. But with our children, we talk about what it means to be a disciple, to mm-hmm. follow. Mm-hmm. And uh, so uh, there's a bunch of scriptures I, I could probably go to. Um, but of course, at the moment, all the addresses leave me. <laughs> I'm trying to think of them, I, but I, I put you on the spot there. Right? No, no, it's, it's all good. But yeah, I, my I, re- my memory is very good, but my forgettery is getting. Oh well, there you go. Well, thank you. I'm I'll be 50 this year, and I'm realizing I'm forgetting you. more. <laughs> well, thanks. I'll follow your example. <laughs> Well, I, I just, uh, Dad, you heard that, uh, you know, the encouragement is to absolutely use this season to, to get to know, help your children get to know Jesus uh, by, by talking about his life with your, with your kids, as uh, James has, has, has talked about with his daughters. And I understand that, you know, as we help them get to know Jesus, then, of course, the next step is that they have their own personal relationship with Jesus. And that's our job, is to help them uh, develop their own personal, passionate relationship with Jesus so that they can uh, indeed uh, join the journey and, yes. uh, and mature into the, the spiritual leaders that they're called to be in their yes. next journey. So, uh, well, James, thank you so much for your time and uh, appreciate you, you being here. And dads, again, just uh, take the tips as you can and uh, uh, introduce Jesus to your kids. Uh, a little bit better today than yesterday, better tomorrow than today. That's dad you're called to be. That's dad the next generation. Godspeed.